Hi, my name is Allie Mast. If the term mental illness makes you squirm a little bit, you're definitely not alone. But after living with mental illness for over 20 years, I'm proud to help break down those walls of stigma. When I became a mom in 2017, I realized just how desperate the need was to support people, especially moms, in their mental health journey. It's gonna get a little awkward around here, but cultivating change always is. Welcome to The Mentally Ill Mama. Hello, my friends. Welcome back for another episode of The Mentally Ill Mama. I actually just got a new microphone, so we'll see how this sounds. Uh, I'm not sure. If the quality is terrible, honestly, please let me know, because I will just go back to my old one. Uh, But we'll see. Hopefully it's not too bad. So last week, I talked about a lot of really personal things, as I tend to do, and it was received well, which I appreciated. Um, For those of you that reached out in any capacity, I just want to thank you, because it was definitely scary to be vulnerable, and um, I'm learning that validation from others is not necessary, but it does feel nice to be acknowledged and validated in your feelings. Today, I have more of a topic versus just sharing more personal things. So we're going to talk about something that prevents a lot of people from changing in life. And I mean, like changing as a like personal growth type things. Sometimes what prevents us from change is the thought that we will have to admit to the problem. Because if we admit that there is a problem there will probably be a lot of more admissions that come with it. Examples, I let it be like this for so long. This came in between me and my loved ones. I harmed others. I harmed myself. I was dishonest. If we admit all of these things, then they will always be a part of our story. It's like this weird paradox because (laughs) like it or not, it is a part of your story, but I think for some reason we have this illusion that if we don't acknowledge something, it isn't really there. That's why I've always loved the phrase, like the elephant in the room, because we don't talk about it, but everybody knows it's there or you know it's there on some level, right? I think about this a lot in terms of like family dynamics. Like there are probably dynamics within your, the family you were raised in or the the home you were raised in that is kind of like an un... (laughs) An unspoken truth, like, oh, everybody knows that mom is XYZ or feels this way or whatever, but nobody's ever actually talked about it. It's just this, like, understood thing. It could be good or bad or neutral, whatever. But if we want to make growth in our lives, which I think a lot of us do, there is definitely a fear of having to actually open up and say, this is a problem, This is not something that is working for me, and I have to own up to that. So if we admit these things, they'll always be a part of our story. That's a thought in our minds that keeps us from opening up. But guess what happens if we don't? (laughs) Not only will it be a part of our story, it will be the story. And there is no happy ending there. I have lost all of my grandparents. And it's been interesting. I had different levels of 
involvement at the end of end of life stage with all of them but kind of firsthand experience and then from other family members like hearing some of the things that they would say near the end of their lives and just kind of trying to take take those things to heart and realize like I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like I always felt this way but I never expressed it or I always wanted to do this thing but I was too afraid to like we've all heard those stories either personal experience of people we know or like things that we've read from other people but it's really easy to like put distance between that because most of us that you know have the privilege of being overall healthy we don't think about death a whole lot if it hasn't like touched us too closely and I'm not trying to be morbid like we should all be thinking about our our morbidity but I do think that there is uh there, it is like kind of healthy to think about that from time to time. Or maybe it is just healthy. I try and think about what are my kids going to say about me when they're grown up? Not that I need them to be like she was the perfect mom because that doesn't exist. I'm saying that to myself as much as I'm saying that to you. But there are things that I want my girls to say about me. I want them to say that mom always had my back. I want them to say that mom was a safe place. Mom is a safe place. I want them to know that if they ever got in trouble and they were in an unsafe situation because of choices they made, that they could call me and that I would not freak out at them because I care utmost about them and their safety. I want them to talk about me as somebody that inspired them to be uh, true to themselves. And so I think about those things from time to time. And then I think about, does that line up with how I am treating them now? Sometimes, yeah, it does. And sometimes it doesn't. Getting through something hard, though, requires admission, admitting responsibility, or admitting that you were not responsible for something that was done to you. Too many of us carry a lot of trauma from our childhoods, um, big T or little T traumas. Big T traumas are like assault, abuse, witnessing death, things like that. Little T traumas are like a parent that was like emotionally unavailable or different things like that. So we, we, I think we all experience traumas. Not everybody experiences big T traumas. But we all experience trauma. Trauma affects us all differently, though. So we do not, not everybody has PTSD, but probably more people than you think do. <laughs> and I think that for a lot of people in that position, there is a struggle to admit that they were not responsible for it. Because if you were abused by an adult, you were made to feel like you were responsible or it was your fault. And that is a part of your healing process is to come to the place where you can accept that you weren't. So I have this belief that I'm currently working through this statement, I should say. At some point, regardless of what you've done or what's been done to you, you need to advocate for yourself. Now, I'm that's just hear me out. This is not a universal truth, which is why I say that I'm working through it. There is truth there, but it isn't just a black and white thing. 
It is not true for every person all of the time. For some people, it's never true. People who are disabled and are not able to advocate for themselves, people with severe trauma, people experiencing homelessness who do not have access to resources. And then for some people, it is just not always true. Uh, Children and very elderly people cannot solely be responsible for themselves. People in mental health crises or things like that cannot be solely responsible for themselves. Sorry, I am recording my room and I just turn all the fans off and I'm so hot. As I am deconstructing a lot of my American evangelical background and also understanding more of my lens of scrupulosity or religious moral-based OCD, things being partially true are the actual worst. (laughs) I was taught that false teachers teach partial truths. (laughs) And it's not hard to see How that teaching leads people to view things in a very black and white way. Something is either a gospel truth, or if you're, if you didn't grow up in that culture, that basically just means it's 100% true. It's either a gospel truth or it's heresy, blasphemy, whatever. Gray doesn't exist. But not only does gray exist, there are almost limitless shades of it. And I don't know how to say that without a stupid Fifty Shades of Grey joke coming up. But I've never read or seen them, so this counts as the joke. Related, though, my high school had a brand new building, and my class was the first class to go all four years there. My freshman year, there was almost no artwork on the walls because things were very pristine, and they wanted to keep it that way. Uh, It basically looked like a glorified prison. Uh, In our yearbook that way, there was a, quote, fun fact that our school had 27 different shades of gray throughout it. Yikes. (laughs) Well, I really was depressed in high school, but that did not help. (laughs) I just had to throw my hair out quick because, oh my gosh, (laughs) I didn't realize how dependent I was on fans on me all the time. Uh, I will just say this is totally not related to what I'm talking about, but Being pregnant and having a baby messes you up so much. And for me, that means that I sweat a lot more than I used to, and it is not great. I don't recommend that part of it. Change is obviously difficult. That, I think, can be a universal truth. Because even positive changes are difficult because there's still an adjustment period, whatever the change is. And I had a podcast episode about that before where you can be going through a lot of good change and be really struggling with your mental health because it is overwhelming to adjust to so much change at once. But as I sit here as a 27-year-old woman, which both sounds like a baby and very old at the same time, I can look back on the last decade and realize that I have made so much change as a person, so much personal growth, and... The growth can't start until there is an acknowledgement that there needs to be growth, right? And it's not always about like, when I say admitting responsibility, I don't necessarily mean like saying it's your fault. It's not about like blaming or guilt or shame. It's like admitting that like, you know what, maybe like your family just didn't communicate growing up. And so now as an adult, you have a really hard time communicating with your friends or your partner And it's not like your fault and it's not even necessarily like your family's fault because of how they were raised or whatever, but it's like admitting it's there and like 
I can either sit here and be like, wow, like I'm so screwed up from my childhood and like this sucks. And like you, that is also valid. But at the same time, you can feel those things and do the work to learn how to communicate. So I am technically a millennial. My sister gives me a hard time because I am like the babiest of baby millennials you can be. But I think that the millennial generation is definitely more accepting of like going to therapy and talking about mental health stuff. And I see with Gen Z that I think there's even more of uh, like acceptance of talking about these things, which is really encouraging to me. Because I remember when I was in high school, which was only like 10 years ago, some people talked about mental health stuff, but it was not the norm. And I had friends that had to go to like rehab places and stuff like that. And when they came back, it was like nobody talked about it. And now that I'm 27, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I wish that I was more educated and understanding so I could have like... I don't know, like, I don't know, just been a better friend to some people. And I mean, you can't blame your 17 year old stuff for not knowing anything because uh, being 17 is hard enough <laughs> on its own. But yeah, side note, this is my first time just kind of like recording without it making it this huge production, <laughs> which is actually not a side note because I realized that I admitted I, with my OCD, I struggle so much with make, like, things have to be ideal. There's, like, some specific formula of an idealized situation or circumstances that have to be just so, and then I can record. I mean, this goes into a lot of different areas of my life, but this is a specific thing. And I actually bought this new mic honestly, probably six to eight weeks ago. And it's just been sitting in the box by my bed. And I've been like, well, maybe I'll do that someday. And then I was like, maybe I'll book a hotel to go away to, which I do want to do again eventually. But like, why do I have to do that to be able to record? And again, it's not about like berating myself. It's like about this curiosity of like, whoa, what's going on here? Because what I want is for this to be a sustainable part of my normal weekly life, to be able to record, to edit, to publish new podcast episodes. Like, I enjoy this, but there's so many mental hangups because of my OCD that make it really hard to do so. But it's not impossible for me. Mental health and mental illnesses are so complex and nuanced. And so I don't ever want someone like if you have OCD and you hear me say something like that, I'm not like saying that as like a a gospel rule because <laughs> there have been times in my life when I honestly it would not have been possible and it just wouldn't have been a priority to like work through this thing and that's okay I yeah I feel like there's this this tightrope that I am trying to like balance on because on one hand I want to empower people that they can advocate for themselves and on the other hand I don't ever want to shame people because I get it you know and I don't because my OCD drives me so much to be very concerned about performance. I don't ever want to make other people feel that way. I don't ever want somebody to listen to me talk and be like, "Ugh, now I feel so much pressure 
to do X, Y, Z, and I better do it this way and blah, 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 blah. Please, please, please know that I never, ever, 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 ever want you to feel that way listening to me. (laughs) That is like the opposite of my intent. So for me, I'm admitting that I'm still kind of in this spot of trying to figure that all out because I do think there are people that have it a lot more figured out than I do. So uh, maybe someday I will too. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe that's just an illusion. Maybe that's just uh, another part of my idealistic mind. Oy vey. Change is difficult. Personal growth uh, is not easy. And also there's just a lot of distractions within that space too. I've shared before that I am like anti-diet and the whole diet culture thing is rebranding itself as like self-help and wellness and it sounds good on the outside and then it sucks you in. And a lot of people come out of it with an eating disorder and eating disorders are the most deadly mental illness and diets are 97% ineffective long term. So anyway, make sure that when you are identifying an area where you want to grow, an area that you want some change in in your personal life, that it is you making that decision that it is you being curious, not judging yourself. You cannot shame your way into meaningful change. When I did the IOP program last year for the first time, I just completed my second time. I, I was answering a question about something and that just came out of me that you can't shame your way into change. And the director of the program was there when I said it and he was like, wait, say that again. And I said it again, and it kind of just it hit me um, that that was a pretty profound statement. And also because it was coming from a place of such authenticity of that that is what I had been doing for so much of my life was trying to shame my way into change, into growth. For me, that is where um, self-harm came in. I thought that I could punish myself into changing and spoiler alert, that didn't work for me. Um, I know for some people, they were, you know, you can shame yourself into changing. But that's why I say meaningful change. It's not going to be this long lasting, like, now I'm a happy person. <laughs> now I am this, like, happy person who has this area of my life under control. Like, you're not, that's not a thing. Like, think of it as, like, if somebody is, like, abusing you because they're trying to manipulate you and your behavior and your behavior changes, you still have the trauma of the abuse. And the the only reason you changed was fear or manipulation. You know, it wasn't from a, a good place. It wasn't from a pure place. It wasn't from a loving place. And I think that we have to realize that a lot of us verbally abuse our own selves and that is not it may be normal in terms of what most a lot of people do it but it's not healthy and again I it's not I'm not trying to shame you that you shame yourself but that curiosity has to come back up of like why do I speak to myself that way I wouldn't want somebody else to speak to me that way I wouldn't want someone to speak to somebody I love that way so why am I okay with speaking to myself that way 
I mean, that's a huge loaded question. Maybe that's for another episode, huh? So I'm, I'm going to try and wrap this up because my notes ended a while ago. <laughs> and I've just been babbling on. Um, but this has been really good. It's been good for me to to lean into this desire to change, to be able to record on a normal night. Well, it's now after midnight, but that's that's my that's my norm, unfortunately. Another thing I'm working on changing. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate you being here and hopefully I will continue having new episodes more frequently and consistently. Um, but I'm figuring it out. I'm being gentle with myself because I love this, but I also have a lot of stuff going on just in my own life too. And so I'm trying to figure out how, how to prioritize it without, um, taking something else away that I can't take away, (laughs) you know? So anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's going pretty good right now though, in terms of the podcast. All right. Well, I hope you have a beautiful week. I hope you are able to be gentle and curious. I think curiosity is such an amazing, beautiful, underused thing, especially with how we view ourselves. So get curious, my friends, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast. That means so freaking much to me and hopefully to you too. With every episode, my heart is for you, for your growth, connection, education, and of course, your mental health. If listening brought you joy, comfort, or understanding, I would love it if you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. You are the bomb.com, and don't you forget it. From the mentally ill mama to you, we'll see you next week.